In a world where people are famous for doing nothing, we're here to discover the ordinary individuals who take giant leaps to do something extraordinary. Welcome to Moving Forward. Hello, everyone. This is John Lim with Moving Forward, and today my guest is Nancy Murdoch. Nancy is a chartered financial analyst and has been in the industry for 20 years. She is the former head of marketing for BCA Research and today runs the moneycoach.com, a fantastic blog where Nancy teaches individuals how to take control of their financial future. Nancy is a regular contributor to the Huffington Post and lives in Montreal with her husband and two kids. Welcome, Nancy. Nancy, how are you today? I'm great, John. Thanks for that fantastic introduction. I appreciate it. Absolutely. But before we get started, Nancy, I was wondering if you could share with our listeners and tell us a little bit more about The Money Coach and in your work in what I like to call financial empowerment. Sure. So I've been in the investment industry for about 20 years, and I learned early about the importance of fees and a well-diversified portfolio. And over the period of 20 years, as you can imagine, I've had family members, friends who have come into some money, whether it's uh, an inheritance, a divorce settlement, uh, first-time bonus. And once that money hits the bank, the bank will usually call and say, I noticed that you have this, this cash balance. Would you like to come in and meet with a financial advisor? And they usually say yes, because they've sort of been, you know, hoping that that would happen. And once they're in that banking system, the the fees that they pay are just astronomical. And it can make a difference of hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, upon retirement. And so it became very important to me to start a website to sort of help women understand, and anyone's welcome, but the language and the analogies that I use are typically towards women to just help them be empowered. And if they do choose to use a financial advisor, and some financial advisors are just phenomenal, that they know the questions to ask and they know what they're paying and the service that they're receiving. So really it's just about knowledge. I think the Money Coach uh, blog, I've taken a look at it. We've posted it on our website. It's fantastic. You just have so many knowledge bursts in there. And I think it's so informative. And this is really an important and critical area that I think a lot of people are realizing, whoa, I I really need this primer because it's something that is not emphasized enough in early education. And so I think that's really fantastic. You're just filling a gap that really needs to be filled. Yeah. And part of it was a lot of my friends, as you can imagine, are doctors and lawyers and they never learn this information. It's, it's not taught in school. It's not taught in, high, in, um, in university. You really almost have to stumble upon it or seek it out. And you've got these incredible, intelligent women who are kind of feeling like, well, if I'm so smart, why, why can't I figure this out? And they actually are quite vulnerable to be taken advantage of by the financial industry because of this. Oh, absolutely. And I think you really hit the nail on the head, Nancy. It's not just uh, you know people who are who are struggling to make ends meet, but even people who are in what are considered lucrative professions, people who've studied in school, maybe have gone on to their graduate degrees, and are lawyers and doctors. Financial literacy is something that a lot of people miss in their early education. So you're absolutely right. It's a gap that needs to be filled. And I think it's wonderful that you're providing this information and all these resources out there. So I think that's absolutely wonderful. Well, Nancy, I want to segue and start off by talking a little bit about you. So I was wondering if you could fill in the professional and life resume and tell our audience and our listeners a little more about yourself. 
Sure. So I started my career in Victoria as an associate financial advisor with Merrill Lynch. And I just became so passionate about continued learning that I really wanted to take my, my chartered financial analyst designation, which is three years. Each exam is six hours and you can, you can only write it once a year. So it was, it was an incredible commitment for me to take that. And in that process, I, Victoria was a small town. There's not a, a lot of financial opportunity there. So I moved to Montreal and it was my goal to work for the bank credit analyst which is one of the most, if not the most respected independent research provider. And I was there for seven years in sales. And that was, I felt quite successful there. But sales, you know, as you can imagine, it's sort of month in, month out. Mm-hmm. And you have these quotas and these expectations. And I sort of grew tired of that. I wasn't really creating or building anything for myself or my family. My children were quite young. So I actually took a few years off to start the Money Coach. And few fits and starts, I actually became quite passionate about web design. In, in building my own website, I became passionate about web design. So I sort of, sort of I took a, a detour in terms of that, and I ran a, a web development company for a few years, which I loved, and I, I met some fantastic clients from all over the world, uh, which I, I still do some work for. And then through web development, you can't do web development without getting into social and online marketing. So I, I segued into that. And I thought, you know what, I, I'm traveling, my kids are still young, and what can I do? Where, where can I go home? And for me, BCA was home. We'd left on really good terms. They'd never had like a true marketing department in, in 60 years. The product was just so good. It was, it was really sold through word of mouth and the sales team, the efforts of the sales team. And so I approached them and I said, look, this is what I can do for you. I can start your social and your blog and work on your website and really take your marketing to the next level. And, and they agreed. Um, I didn't have a background in marketing at the time. Well, I still don't, but uh, sorry. <laughs> Learn as I, you go, Nancy. I think yeah. that's the best way to do it. I didn't have a background in, in marketing at the time, but I'd spent seven years working with their sales team who has like, you know, salespeople. They have a, a culture all to their own. And I, I stepped into it and it was fantastic. I just loved being able to support the team and create the social and the online marketing for BCA research. Um, and, and without the, the pressure of this sort of month in quota over and over that before I had found quite oppressive. And I did that for three years and I just resigned almost a year ago today to, to finally, once and for all, launch the Money Coach, which was, has always been a goal of mine. And I turned 43 and I decided it's time. It's finally time. Uh, congratulations. Well, I am so glad that we have scheduled this interview now. And I think it's very fortuitous that uh, you and I met a very long time ago. We did a study abroad at Oxford, and it is today that we're, we're reconnecting. And how wonderful it is to hear what you're doing with the money coach. And I love a couple of big takeaways. You know, The knowledge burst that you have just provided, which is very similar to the journey that I've taken as an entrepreneur, is that you pick up so many different things. So starting out with uh, designing your own blog, you learned about web development, which helped segue you into marketing, and you've been able to just increase your skill set as a result of just trying things. And I love that you've been able to take those risks and, and just take your career to the next level and really find what you're passionate about. Yeah, in a lot of ways, I feel like I've really come full circle. You know, I started in finance and I sort of took this long journey through sales, marketing, web development, social, uh, building sales funnels, design. And here I am 
back right where I started, but with all of these skills that I, I can now build my own business and, and, and work for myself. That's awesome. Well, Nancy, this leads perfectly into my next question. So at the heart of it, what are you passionate about and how did you discover this passion in your life? I grew up in an environment where you work nine to five and all of my friends' parents worked nine to five. My father worked nine to five and you were paid by the hour. So at best, you could make maybe $30,000 a year, $40,000 if you were really lucky. And so um, because you were paid by the hour at a very early age, I wanted to to have a profession where I can make the most money per hour. So let's say it together, John, I wanted to be a A lawyer. lawyer. Yes, yes. So for the first few years, I actually looked into law school. And then in my early 20s, um, I discovered investing. And it was sort of the first sort of it cracked me me open in terms of, of knowledge first that, hey, maybe it's possible. Could it be possible to make money um, outside of nine to five and an hourly wage? And it was like being sort of in a smoky room and someone opened a window mm-hmm. and I and I went through that window and that the last 20 years has been spent both if you look at it in investing, uh, which if you do it right in a low fee can create freedom in your life and building your own business. You know, when you so many people have worked in businesses and they've worked eight or 10 years and they've done a phenomenal job, suddenly the company gets taken over Yes. and either they get resized or their new boss is a narcissist or something. And all of a sudden it's like, hey, this isn't fair. And, and they sort of get stuck and they get bumped. And that has always felt sort of unfair and unjust to me. So through empowering people through investing and building their own platforms online, I sort of like to find people sort of an insurance to help them through that, that transition in their life. And maybe if they're lucky, find their own passion. And in what they do. I love that, Nancy. A couple of big takeaways. Number one was the mindset shift that you made, because I think so many of us grow up with that mentality that it's a nine to five, it's an hourly wage, put your future, put your hands in a company. And there was a time where that was probably the most secure way to to actually invest in your career, your longevity. But with the economy the way it is today and with so much restructuring, so many layoffs, I think it is a risk to do that and to to actually say, okay, I'm going to put my future and I'm going to put my livelihood in a company. And you're absolutely right. Companies change. They downsize. They reorg. You get that new boss who's a narcissist. And I love that you made that trajectory, that shift to taking control of your own future and investing in yourself. So I think that's absolutely huge and a great, great share. Well, Nancy, I want to segue now and dig a little deeper. And one of the things that I like to ask all of our guests is a time that you failed. If you could share with us that time where you faced what looked like that big insurmountable challenge, that Mount Everest that looked like it was impossible to climb, but it ended up being that valuable learning experience or part of your road to success or to take you where you are today. Wow. Um, I don't actually talk about this a lot, but I was fired from Merrill Lynch when I was, when I was 27. I was let go. And it was sort of in the same trajectory of learning the changing the mindset. And I really did believe if you worked hard and you did your best work, that you would succeed. And there was a real eye opener for me that um, sometimes it has nothing to do with hard work and there's political factors at play. Absolutely. 
personalities at play. And so sort of unceremoniously and with no notice, um, I was let go at the age of 27. And it, it just, it rocked my whole world. Um, it was months and months that I, I sort of went over and over in my head what I could have done differently. Um, I was sure it was 100% my fault. How could it not be? Um, and I was so, it was in Victoria, and I was so sort of disillusioned by this experience in the financial industry, so small there, that that's actually what made my decision to move to Montreal. Mm. A lot of the financial advisors that I worked with subscribed to the publication, The Bank Credit Analyst, and they, they just like coveted it. Um, it was so important to them. So upon learning that The Bank Credit Analyst was, was based in Montreal and that I was in the middle of my chartered financial analyst, I just decided that I would just give everything I could to go and work at this firm. And, and I had seven interviews before they finally hired me. But, you know, through that experience, I, I, I continued to, to find my passion. I continued my learning. I met my husband in Montreal. A lot of people think I moved here from my husband, but I actually met him uh, about nine or ten months after I lived here. Oh, and then, ironically, you know, it, through all of this success, uh, 15 years later, he, the, the gentleman that fired me at Merrill Lynch called me to apologize. <laughs> And, and say that he, he'd made a bad decision and that he regretted it and there had been political factors at play. And I just had to thank him. Like, <laughs> if, if he hadn't let me go, my whole life would have been, would have been different. And, and I love my life the way it is today. Sometimes I really feel like it's those unexpected interruptions that really can jog us. I know that Pat Flynn, he has a very similar story where he was working as an architect, loved his job, and then got laid off in 2008. But if it had not been for that, he would not have been able to start Smart Passive Income and become the huge success that he is. So I think that's absolutely a great, great piece of reflection. And thank you very much for being bold and courageous and sharing that. And and another thing to consider is, is when I was 27, my job was my whole life. Um, I wasn't in a relationship. I didn't have children. Um, my job was my whole life, mm. maybe 95% and then 5% friendship. So to lose that job, it, it, it just devastated me. And I, I had to sort of reevaluate my entire self-esteem. And when I talk about building my own business or having a passion for investing, um, if I had had those two things securely in place, it might not have rocked my world so much. And, and that's the gift that I would like to try to give to give other women is sort of spread your risk, no pun intended, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. over a few passions so that if and when something falls through, you're like, okay, that's cool. This is hard, but it's not the end of the world. I think Robert Kiyosaki says something very similar that you take a huge risk if you put your future working in a corporate job that you're not passionate about and you're just trying to ride it out till retirement, you may get laid off, you may get downsized, or even if you hit that retirement age, there's no guarantee that your 401k is going to be able to sustain you when you reach that retirement goal. So I, and whereas if you start your own business, you start your own venture, yes, there is a risk with that, but you're able to learn from those risks a lot sooner. That lesson that we've heard so many times, if you're going to fail, fail quickly. And I've heard it from so many entrepreneurs that they've learned so much more from their setbacks and failures than they have from their successes. And I think that's absolutely true. And I I would just like to point out to any of your your listeners that are are sort of new to the online world, the barriers to entry have never been lower. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can 
to, within a few hours, you can have a beautiful website up. It doesn't even have to be WordPress. It can be Squarespace, anything, and with a nice logo. And, and, and this, is, this is almost maybe for under $100, if that. You can just start blogging, sharing your thoughts. So even just to start, and you never know where it's going to take you. Absolutely. And I I say this a lot. And I've done presentations at Johns Hopkins where I got my MBA. I'm invited back to present on digital media. And that's the one thing that I impress upon all of the, the people that I talk to. And that's the one thing I emphasize is that you can start your blog today. You can set up a website today. You can create a YouTube channel and put video content out there. You can launch a podcast. Launching a podcast today is one of the easiest digital mediums to get into. And there's, you're absolutely right. The barriers to entry are so low. And I believe that everyone has a passion and they have knowledge and wisdom that they can share and elevate other people with that knowledge and wisdom. And what better way to do that than through digital media? So I'm a huge proponent of that. And (laughs) you are preaching to the choir. I am so happy to hear that from you. And especially through your story, Nancy, that's awesome. Thanks, John. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, if you're enjoying today's episode, consider supporting the podcast. You can purchase a copy of the Corporate Clichés Adult Coloring Book or try out Amazon Prime or Audible using one of my affiliate links, which you can find in the write-up for any of the episodes at bemovingforward.com. Well, Nancy, I'd like to dig a little bit into influences. And so this next question is a two-part question. And I like to look both at media influences as well as individuals in your life. So the first part is, has there been any movie or maybe book, song, play, or it could be a cultural experience, maybe a travel abroad experience that has been greatly influential in your life? Well, there's just there's just been so many Um like it would be hard to pick one. Like you sent me this question in advance and I've actually been thinking about it for a few days. Like you mentioned Pat Flynn and even Amy Porterfield and all of the books that I read. Um, so I really had to dig, dig deep and think like, what was the first one? Like what one just sort of started at all. And it's actually a book called the trip to money is having some by um, Stuart Wilde. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a little bit out there in terms of, of spirituality and, and language but it was the first book that I ever read. And, you know, back when I believed that nine to five was the only way, I also believed that if someone was willing to publish it, it had to be true, that, that no one would publish something that wasn't true. And um, I was a bit naive back then, but I, I, I believed it to be true because it was in print. And it was the very first book I ever read that talked about money as energy mm, and, and mindset and belief systems. And um, something that I read that stuck with me forever to this day is that the universe doesn't recognize the value of money. So the value of money is something that's dictated by us as humans. So if you walk past a penny on the street and you don't pick it up, you're saying to the universe, like, I don't really need it. Um, It's not worth my time to pick it up. And I can't tell you um, how many embarrassing situations I've been in where I've stopped to chip the penny out of the snow or, or whatever, but... It just, it's not for everybody, but it worked for me. And I am daily, weekly, always trying to send the universe messages that I am open to abundance and open to receive. And that wealth is a great, great thing that I want in my life. Wonderful. And second, 
Is there any particular person that you've connected with in your life that has left that lasting impression towards you finding your career path or your life's passion? I was lucky enough to spend nine years working for my father right out of high school. And um, he ran a small business. So together we worked nine to five. And it, it was tremendous amount of fun because we did a good job. So I would like to say, whatever you're doing, do your best. So even even if you if it's temporary or you're not in the right place, do the best job that you can do, and then nobody can take that experience away from you. I love and that. in nine years, my dad really taught that to me. We made it interesting through working together and camaraderie, um, embracing our our coworkers and even our competitors um, who we sat in sort of the same area with, and it was just a lot of fun. And I was very very proud every day of, of the work that I did just to have the respect of my client base who were lawyers who, who I actually at that point wanted to be. So it was, it was, it had to be my dad really for showing me about customer service and the value of, of putting in a good day's work. I love one of the huge knowledge bursts that you just shared is that the experiences that you gain cannot be taken away from you. And I think one of the cool things about being an entrepreneur were just Shifting your career is that you're able to gain new assets in terms of experience. And the more that you gain, the more that you'll be able to find your path towards success and finding your passion. And I think that's also one of the drawbacks in putting your future in one job or one company or one employer is that you're really just repeating the same thing over and over again, as opposed to trying something new, taking a risk, developing those new assets and those new experiences. So I think that's really, really critical. Well, Nancy, here's my question for you. We have listeners from all over the world. What advice do you have for someone who may be listening to this podcast today who is struggling to find their passion? Oh, that's a good question. I I feel like your, your body knows what your passion is and it's probably trying to tell you on a regular basis and you might not be listening. So, and so it's just to spend more time listening and whether that's like Tim Ferriss recently said, um, you know, he's, someone asked him, what is your force multiplier these days? And he said, it's, it's meditation. And that's really struck a chord for me because recently I took a, about six months ago, I took a course in mindfulness and it, it really changed my whole life in terms of being in the moment not living in the future, not living in the past. And even just that small shift, I noticed more. uh, And I've even discovered new passions that I never even thought about because I was so busy uh, doing, doing, doing instead of being. Mm. So I'm not saying that everyone should, should, anyone should start meditating if it's not their thing, but even running or spending 20 minutes on a walk. And then what happens is it's, it's, it's not like someone's going to speak to you on the walk. It's not that. But because you're spending more time in the moment, you, when you're in a bookstore or surfing the net or, or overhearing a conversation, you'll get a feeling in your body like, oh, really? I didn't know that. And I can't tell you how many times I have been in the right place at the right time and put my hand up. Just put your hand up and try. How many I mean, my husband said to me, don't go back to BCA and be the head of marketing because, you know, you left as a salesperson and you left on good terms. Please don't sort of humiliate yourself and go back there. And I said, because I didn't, he didn't think I would get the job. And I said, you know what? I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Why not? Because it's this whole thing about failure. People are so afraid and nothing against my husband, but people are so afraid to fail that they don't try. Yeah. And if you don't try, you know, maybe 
being the head of marketing for BCA wasn't for me for decades, but it, it inspired me to find a new passion and it led me to that. So it really is trust the journey, pay attention and, and sort of, and try, put your hand up. I love that. The power of listening. And we are in a society where there's so many distractions, especially with social media, digital media, which I'm a big fan of. But the flip side of that is that we can get so caught up in the the distractions that we sometimes just need to step back and just center ourselves and listen. And I think that is so powerful. And listening to your instincts where your body your passion will attract you. And if you are cognizant, if you're aware of it, whether you meditate, whether you run, it just becomes that much more clear to you. So I I really, really love that. That is fantastic advice. Well, Nancy, what is next for you? Well, so I really want to build this, the money coach into sort of a learning platform. So it's, it's in early days. Hopefully by the time this podcast airs, there's more posts and I have more links to my articles on the Huffington Post. I really just want to build a library of learning and, and serve the community that I've already got a small community. I've already created a small community and it's growing every day. And I really just want to um, serve that community and thank them for the respect that they, they've shown. So what I'm doing now is I'm building a course. It's called Zero to Portfolio. Wonderful. And it has going to have three entry points, um, a quick start, an intermediate, and a master class. So for me, it's opened this whole new door of learning of course creation and and keynote and screen flow. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know exa- I, you're speaking my language. I am a huge fan of online courses, Nancy. My children are in camp for two weeks, sleepaway camp. So I had thought, oh, you know, I'll just record all three modules, uh, all three courses in, in 10 days. And uh, I mean, I spent 48 minutes on a single slide yesterday. So uh, for me, it's building the platform, creating my courses, pushing out, you know, 80% free content on a regular basis, and then sort of keeping maybe 15% behind the paywall. Because, you know, everybody has to make a living and that this is the way that I've chosen to do it. Um, So that's my next step. Um, By September, October, I want to have these courses launched. That's awesome. I am a huge fan of online courses. It's so funny you mentioned that because I am actually in the midst of working on an online course. My business partners are as well. I really, really believe that that is one of the most valuable channels through which we can impact as many people as possible. I think it's 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 such a fantastic time. I think Derek Halpern uh, was talking about that in 2014 online courses were a 56 billion dollar business and in 2015 it's expected to double. But more importantly, I just think it is the most optimal medium to reach so many people who need the knowledge and the experience and the wisdom that you have and that anyone who goes into this business or anyone who wants to share their experiences and knowledge can use. So I think that's absolutely fantastic. I'm so looking forward to watching and learning about all of the different offerings. And we will have, of course, your information posted on our website, which actually brings me to my next question. What is the best way that our listeners can connect with you. 
Well, I'm on uh, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. You can find me at themoneycoach.com where all of my social links are. And uh, there's even a contact page and an Ask Nancy button if you have a question. I love that, the Ask Nancy button. We'll have all of that information posted on our website. Nancy, I want to thank you so much for taking time out to speak with me today. I know that our listeners are going to gain so much from your story, your experiences, and your wisdom. Thanks so much, John, for having me. I appreciate it. This is John Lim with Moving Forward, and we will be back with a new episode next week. Now it's time for you to move forward and discover the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and BeMovingForward.com. All rights reserved.